Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. I accept my imperfections as a part of my authentic self. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. So today we're going to do... Well, I said to Jane, let's do guilt. And then Jane said, can't we please do embarrassment as well? And, and we, we talked about it and realised they're very, very similar. And so a lot of what we'll say today about guilt, you can probably apply to embarrassment or a lot of what you might be hearing about embarrassment is probably just as relevant for guilt. So there's an in, two interesting subject topics. We almost threw shame in as well. Then we realised we have talked, neither of us can remember when, but we know <laughs> that we have talked about shame at some length in one particular episode a while back. So today we just want to isolate these two curious emotions of shamefulness and feelings of guiltiness, where and when they sort of come up in life. And I've got a fantastic email from a um, a listener I'll I'll throw in soon um, to, to maybe better illustrate this. So where and when they come up in life, how they can govern and control and paralyze us, indeed turn us into victims, what we do, what we need to do about them in order to process or heal them or shift them and really what the point of it all is. Do you want to start, Jane? Look, I feel, I guess, to start with the difference between my perception of embarrassment and guilt. So I feel that embarrassment, it usually occurs in a social situation. So somebody else has witnessed a particular act or behaviour that you have executed and therefore the embarrassment comes from it being witnessed in a, in a social arena. Yeah. Do you think Whereas it always has... guilt... Okay, go on. Uh, well, well, no, not always, but... Most of the time. Let's say someone's got a porn habit and they're really embarrassed about it, but nobody knows, but they've got deep personal embarrassment or something like that. Yeah, you can have, absolutely. But but that would more... I mean, that's going to be embarrassment and guilt. But, okay, the idea with embarrassment is it's usually connected with the thought of what would somebody else think if if other people see or know. Yes, it's connected Because if they've got a porn thing and they're not feeling guilty about it, and they're completely fine or with embarrassed. it. And they're not embarrassed because nobody knows. But if somebody found out, they'd be embarrassed. What about the Ashley Madison big thing? You know, where yeah. that was embarrassment and guilt because people suddenly found out. But can you be embarrassed just of yourself by yourself, to yourself, without anyone else being involved? Like, I'm just so embarrassed... I guess it's always no. connected with something social, no. isn't it? It's yeah. always. I'm trying to think of an example, and I can't really find one. Oh, did it? I'm right. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go on. <laughs> oh, there was our ten year old self having a little moment. <laughs> Bring out that inner child. Um, whereas guilt is normally associated with self. It, it can be absolutely be guilty because it involves other people but it's a feeling that you have because you've somehow lowered your standards or not lived up to the perfectionism that you feel you are in a given particular it's arena self-berating isn't it yes it's like really being extremely hard on yourself because of some idea you've got in your head yeah yeah which may or may not be true so i think that, that embarrassment involves others external and guilt is more internal mm. So you can be guilty, you know, if you think of guilty, I don't want to, uh, I, I don't want to be eating sugar and you eat sugar and you feel really guilty about it or. Correct. Um, so it's an often a more isolated thing. But having said that, you can absolutely be guilty about actions that you have done to others that involve others. Yeah. So we could say they're very, very, very similar on the emotional spectrum, but one has to do with what other people think and one has to do with what you think. Yes. In a sense. 
They both, they both do with what you think. Well, if I look at the situations where I... Like, I have been embarrassed twice in the last week, and which is why it was interesting when, you, you know, you said, can we do guilt? And I went, oh, let's do embarrassment. Because I haven't felt embarrassed for a while. Well, not that I've consciously been aware of. And then happened, had it happen twice within a few days. Right. And so I've been exploring that. And I realised that if... In both scenarios, if I felt... Well, the first scenario, both scenarios, what I delivered in my words, I believe. If I knew they were controversial and I wished I hadn't said what I said, one was on radio, boom, um, and the other was in a public arena. Um, In both scenarios, though, if I believed that every person that heard that actually agreed with me, the embarrassment dissipates. Mm. It just is gone. So it's only about other people's perceptions and knowing that as well as it's my standards, I know I'm better than that. And on both of those occasions, I wish I'd handled it differently and I let myself down. And that's where embarrassment comes within. So that's where the guilt and embarrassment can be a bit of the same thing because it it is that perfectionism thing of, or it's a standard. It's a standard that I have that I'm used to conducting effortlessly, easily, 24-7, and then I didn't. And so I felt embarrassed that I didn't live up to my own standards. Yeah. And see, guilt, I think, can be associated with embarrassment in the sense that it can be a hidden fear of disapproval. So you're feeling guilty because you think I shouldn't have... It's a moral thing. I shouldn't have done that. Yes. I shouldn't have done that because what would other people think or say or it was wrong or it was, you know, it's that kind of ethical sort of grey area, isn't it? but and guilt is also just that it's that heavy kind of burden that you feel responsible for something that you've done or said it's that and again that which is what embarrassment is it's i did or said something and it's plaguing me it's giving me this feeling i can't shake out of my chest or out of my head it's it's this kind of something stuck on it that you can't quite move past um there is though such a concept as healthy guilt and healthy guilt is defined as um it's a gatekeeper and a boundary maker. So yes. it's that idea that you, oh, well, guess what? You're not a psychopath. You actually do have a healthy sense of, well, that probably wasn't the best thing to have done or said. And it just shows that you're normal and that you've got moral um, capacity, right? And as we've said in many other episodes, you know, this like um, sharing of vulnerability or showing, not shouldn't, I mean, sharing is a deliberate intent to do so. But when you show vulnerability, even where perhaps you don't intend to and it causes embarrassment or guilt, um, it is the flip side of that is that it is the human part of you. Yeah. It is the real part of you. And, you know, Beck and I, before we were recording this, we're having a, a conversation about different wonderfully wise people that we really admire and learn from versus some that we just don't buy. And that the ones that we just don't buy into, we identified very clearly that all of them, when we listed them, all shared a common denominator of not sharing vulnerability or not showing... Not being, it was all too polished and too fake. Not being able to admit that they are flawed human beings. That yeah, you don't look, see it. You yeah. don't see anything. You don't see anything stumbled or awkward or wrong or um, actually, no, hang on, I've changed my mind on that. Or there's, It's all too polished and slick. And so when you do experience guilt or, or embarrassment and it's witnessed by other people, it is actually the connection of, of real and... That's the gift that can come from it 
where people see the human side of you. They see your flawed side. Mm. They see that you're not perfect. The, and that's really good to is, show people. The, it's so I real. Agree. The irony is if you're ever watching TV or something and you see a celebrity in, in, in an interview really show an emotion comes out, and normally celebrities, you know, they're... Polished and slick. Their whole point is to be polished and slick and have a facade and be these perfect superhumans. Like that's, you know, we put them on these ridiculous pedestals like they're not even real. And if you ever see one in, in, in an interview, and this is why people like Oprah were such good interviewers, because they could get the celebrity celebrities to, you know, from Tom Cruise jumping on a couch, whether that was a real emotion or not, you know, right through to celebrities actually crying, showing guilt, fear, shame, embarrassment, discussing tough times in their lives, showing vulnerability. And when you see it, when you, if you think about it, guys, you never judge it. You go, oh, you might actually have a tear yourself, you know, in commiseration with them. Or you might think, oh, I really feel for them. I can really see how that time of their life would have been very hard or whatever. And so, that's when we connect. That's when we yes. identify with them and go, God, I felt that too. And that's, why and that's where saying, you start to feel on a level playing field. If you feel guilt or shame, don't automatically assume that other people are going to judge you or hate you for the thing that you've done or whatever it is. Because really, if you've ever had a time in your life where you've seen someone flushing red from embarrassment or feeling so guilty about something they could curl up in a ball, you probably have had nothing but real empathy for them. It's exactly. Not, it's not like you've it's gone, beautiful. oh, you idiot, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. You've probably said, how can I help you? Exactly. You know, the girl that's walking out with toilet paper and a, a, or a skirt <laughs> tucked into her knickers and... I remember a guy coming up to me at, at a social aid event and, bless him, he had some toothpaste on his chin and I just went, um, just want to duck into the toilet and just get the toothpaste off your chin, but I want you to know you owe me one. So next time you notice something like, lip, like lippy on my teeth, can you let me know? To try and make him not feel embarrassed. To it's like, I've it. been there, don't yeah. worry about it. And it is true that when you, you believe that other people are judging you in your moment of embarrassment, which is where that comes from. Yeah. Because you've lowered your standards on what you would normally, how you would normally conduct yourself. There will be people in that room or those people listening on radio or whatever that have gone, oh, no, I get that. Not everybody is feeling that way. Not everyone is judging that way. Mm. It is a fascinating emotion, though. How can you move on, though, when you've got something that you feel really embarrassed about? Or guilty about. Or guilty about for a long period of time. Because these are actually really insidious emotions. What do I mean by that? I mean, when they're not dealt with, if they're very big and or repetitively consistently layered, they can get very poisonous in Mm. the body and very, very toxic. And, you know, there's some scientists who now are saying, according to the studies they've done of children who felt guilty a lot in childhood for whatever reason, they're really linking it to mental disorders now. So in adult life, depression, anxiety, OCD, bipolar... Wow. ..is coming out of a lot of guilt, Ah. too much guilt early in life. Um, Where does does guilt come from in your childhood? Well, maybe you had a parent who was an addict or an alcoholic and, and, you know, you were always worried or mum and dad were fighting and you know how kids and pets, they both do that thing where they try and soak up all the energy in the atmosphere to try and offset it and level it out and they feel like if only I'd done this, mum and dad wouldn't be so angry or if only I'd done this, the house would have been quieter and calmer or if only I'd done this, I wouldn't have upset, you know. So kids can carry without even realising a lot of guilt and shame and embarrassment from from what's going on with the family dynamic. Um, And it's interesting as well, sometimes when I've talked to clients and done a bit of digging work, emotional digging back down the timeline and or when I've seen, you know, through kinesiology and so forth, digging out events from the past, people very often really don't connect the problems that they're having right now 
with stuff from their part. They really are. But humans are quite shit, to be honest, at being at being <laughs> able to join the dots, as Jane always says. Not our love life listeners. They can. Well. I'm thinking no, myself. No, 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 in no. This. I agree. You and I spend a lot of time talking to each other about helping each other to join the dots. Right. So, for and example, see the patterns. I like, and so this might sound off track, but I'm bringing it back around. So, stay in the circle of wagons here. So, I'll go in for NET with my kinesiologist, and I'll say I'm feeling um, scared, irrationally scared that this person that I hardly know is going to tell me off for something. Right. We'll muscle test it, it'll go back to the age of three and it'll come out with something that is completely unrelated slash something I've completely forgotten about. So you might have had um, a really embarrassing day at school where someone ran up and pulled your pants down in front of everyone. It was horrible. Um, or maybe it was something that's, that's actually probably quite dramatic. Maybe it was something much smaller than that. Maybe you lisped when you stood up in front of the class to give a talk and you, you, or you stuttered or stumbled over a world and it was really embarrassing and everyone laughed and you went red. You pushed it aside, you went on with your life. You've never thought about it since. Fast forward 25 years, something that's happening in the corporate world is actually still linked at a subconscious level to that one three-second incident in year three or year eight class of guilt in public or embarrassment in public, embarrassment rather. Um, So what I'm saying is these emotions can go very deep. They can get very hidden. They can begin to actually poison or permeate other areas of your life that are seemingly unrelated. So what do you do about that? Well, conscious awareness is always the game, as much as you can be. It's really asking deeper questions um, about where you're frozen or paralysed in life or where you're trotting out victim stories. I also think that on a, on, a, on a shallower level, like that's wonderful to get right down to the deep, but in that initial moment when you're feeling embarrassment or might be feeling it for the, you know, the next few hours or whatever, it is about actually sharing your story with people you feel safe with and having them say, oh, yeah, me too, I've done that too. Yeah. I've felt that too. It's okay. Or just having and the person... getting those people that go, oh, well, we've all made the same mistake. That's good. Yeah. You know, we feel safe in that. We feel safe knowing we're not alone. We're not the only idiot or whatever negative self-talk we're giving ourselves to have experienced that. Because the number one thing I remember they always taught us in child protection and sexual abuse and all that for, for going into work with teenagers in schools, if a, if a child ever, ever comes to you to divulge in something that's been going on, it's the most important thing you can do to, to, to do poker face. Right. Do not react because they're actually waiting for you to bring out the face expression of horror or disgust or, or pity or something that's blah. And if you just hold it to completely neutral and don't even flicker an eyebrow, it's going to start to build a circle of safety for that child to, to deeper divulge. Right. Because straight away they're like, okay, this is safe. They're not reacting. They're not judging it's okay. It's hard to do if you hear something you're not prepared to hear. Yeah. Uh, look, I think we have to, to learn to do that with our coaching practices. You know, absolutely have to do that yeah. where you don't know what's going to come out and you've just got to sit there with no judgment. But the fact is there is no judgment. Yeah. There really isn't. It's just a problem that's being aired and let's fix it. Everyone's got something or we wouldn't exactly. be here. Exactly. And that's the thing. You think you're so special because you got this great big thing from years ago that you wouldn't tell anyone about because it's so awful and you must be a horrible human being. Hello. Everyone's got at least three of those. I'm serious. It's just that we don't talk at that level in this society. Everyone's got something. That's right, exactly. You know, I had a lovely, lovely man come to me as a client a few weeks ago who um, his wife kind of dobbed him in. She's like, he's got a real problem with porn. 
and she said, I really want you to talk to him about it. And we, we went, you know, and I, and this is, this was a young, good looking guy who like ran a gym. He was successful, all of that. This was very embarrassing for him to have to sit and talk to with me, some 36 year old chick on a couch to have to reveal that side of himself. And, you know, so I had to really hold the space. I had to be very, very matter of fact in the way I was talking to him and just really, really make him feel very, very safe that this was not about, I just made it like, this is not about the porn. But it's not about the porn. Let's talk about It you. never is about Let's the porn. Let's talk about your emotions. Yeah. Let's talk about you as a kid. Let's talk about what's really going on. And you could see him soften and open and change and, and realise he'd held himself prisoner for such a long time with so much guilt and shame and embarrassment over this, which was really to do with the fact that there'd been some weird incidences when he was a kid that had deeply, deeply, deeply confused him that he'd never fully, even as an adult, been able to figure out. And, and see, again, once again, it's not about the thing that you think it's about. It's not about the thing. Never is, is <laughs> Never it? It's about always the thing. Just, that's the symptom. It's the symptom. And that's how we want you to view embarrassment and guilt. They are little red flags that are coming up. If you feel a rush of shame or a flush of embarrassment or whatever, every time you have a particular memory, and everyone's got those memories, it's, it's, it's an opportunity for you to address something deeper that you're not making peace with in your own self or accepting some part of yourself or better understanding why perhaps you you behaved that way at the time. Shadow work. Yes. Lots of shadow work comes into this. It's beautiful exercises. Mm. So reference our um, shadow side episode. Yes. Yes, which you can go onto our website, which is uh, lovelifeshow.com, and then if you click on the episodes tab, we've got a search bar in there so you can just put the word in shadow and it'll come up with probably several episodes that we've referenced, but there'll be one that's particularly on that and that goes hand in hand with this. Mm. Um, I just wanted to talk about guilt and looking at your standards and your morals and are they perhaps setting you up for failure? If you're experiencing a lot of guilt in your life, do you have standards and morals that are actually not yours but ones that you have taken on from childhood or from whatever society you're living in? Big time. So how... Have a look at why is it that you believe that you are feeling guilty? Like if you're feeling guilty, it's because you're likely doing something that is against your morals. A code of some sort. Some sort of code or belief or standard. So what I want you to do is have a look at what that belief is and really question, is that true? Whose code? Maybe the whole feeling of guilt, if you're getting it repetitively, is happening because this is a sign for you to actually let go of something that isn't serving you any longer, a belief that is not yours, that you've taken on from parenthood, from childhood, you've taken it on from the workplace, you've taken it on from your partner, you've taken it on from your friends, from your social arena that you're in, the village, the tribe, the city that you live in. Is it really your belief and if you can look at that and you may find it's not, watch the guilt just disappear. It will no longer be there because it's not yours. No. It doesn't it's, belong it's, to you. It's a construct that served somebody somewhere sometime by which you're now measuring against yourself and, of course, failing because it's not your construct. And I think a lot of people, if they are having regular guilt, will find that it's a belief that is not serving them. And that's really exciting because when you really start tackling different beliefs and questioning why do I believe this, where did it come from, is it serving me, It does it serve others, is it my standard, is there something different that I could be believing in that actually makes me feel more comfortable? Yeah. Wow, you've just become a whole lot more consciously aware. 
You've just really freed yourself up. And then you start working through one belief at a time and then see. But if you're still feeling guilty, then maybe that is a belief that is serving you and the guilt is there to help you to, to move towards living authentically within that standard, that moral, that belief more consistently. Because, mm. I mean, in, in its simplest definition, the feeling of guilt is trying to get our attention so that we can learn something from the experience. Beautiful. This is what it is. Now, how's about this awesome, interesting um, email that we got? Email. What is it? What do you get on Facebook? Direct DMs? Is that what they are, Jane? PMs. PM. Private messages. I'm 52. She's 36. Ah. It's okay, Beth. I'm up with what, it. What are the kids doing PM. these days? Oh, Snapchat. Know, but, oh, well. All right. So <laughs> I've got Snapchat. I want some Snapchat Snapchat friends. I've I haven't got admit. any friends that have got it. I'm on Snapchat. <gasps> Let's be friends. As of three weeks ago. I'm only going to send you silly things. Okay. Yeah, that's this, this PM said, I just saw a dog that looked exactly like the dog I had as a teenager. Now, this is what's triggered her. This is her trigger. This is why she sent us this message. I left home at 24 and went overseas for seven years. And as I was leaving for the airport, I had a meltdown when I realised that I hadn't said goodbye to my dog. Occasionally when I'd call home, my mum would put the phone to his ear and I'd say hi to him, but he passed away six months before I got home. Oh, ouch. I still feel guilt over it. I'm not sure how to get past it. Now, that's really cool. And I I wrote back a response to her. I've got to try and dredge it up out of my memory now because I went all spiritual on her. And I said to her, okay. How about we look at it this way? So the dog put up his furry paw (laughs) to volunteer to give you the opportunity to have a really big gift. What's the lesson? Rather than, you know, wallowing and beating yourself up about this shit, what can you bloody take from it? What can you take from it? And so, you know, she thought about it. Slow down slightly in the moment, be wet present, acknowledge the people that you see. And we're going to reference Oprah again here. Like we know somebody that actually um, spent a day with her and Oprah's diary is in what, 10 minutes? Something like two two to five minute increments. Her whole day is blocked out in three minutes sort of intervals. Three to five to Very, very tiny. Very tiny, yeah. And every person said that when she's in that five minutes with that person, she is 100% present. So she would say hello, she would be present, she would say goodbye. So it's entering and exiting each energetic situation Mm. and honoring it as its own so her gift would be that i bet she never leaves anywhere now without hugging somebody telling them that she loves them and whatever yeah and that's a beautiful gift it's it's the it's the gift that comes with death and loss it's that idea of valuing and appreciating you know what you have and and Mm. you know all the widows i've spoke i I had this run of widows it was very depressing like two or three girls in their late 20s or early 30s who'd out of absolutely nowhere lost their husbands i had that a couple of weeks ago it happened i had three in one night join up at social aid all young yeah in a cluster was like okay and they're all absolutely Oh, well, the ones that I was dealing with were just in shock and heartbreak. No, mine and just, were ready to enter a social Well, yours arena. were further along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones I was dealing with, we had to have a really big chat about, okay, so if death is the worst, most horrible, awful thing that can possibly happen to you, what is the gift? And mm. all of them say the same thing. It's, it's what we just said, now moment of appreciation, go shoot, et cetera. Yeah. So anyway, if we take this beautiful story of the girl with the dog, and that's a really good illustration of guilt, isn't it? That's yes, a really, absolutely. really good one. Mummy guilt is a big one. There's no parent on earth who hasn't felt guilt. <laughs> Children are masters <laughs> Making, at leveraging yes. guilt out of us. It's just like they're born to do it. Um, 
And uh, so, I mean, what is money guilt, Jane? What is that, do you think? Um, again, standards. So standards that other people's beliefs... Yeah, it is, but it's also, like, when I've felt guilt, I've actually had to explore why am I feeling guilty and then there's the belief and then I've got a question, is that my belief? Mm. And so guilt helps me as a parent to make sure I parent consciously with my standards, my beliefs, my morals, not ones that I've inherited from society or reading books about good parenting or witnessing what my parents did, um, it's my unique parenting style. So every time I feel guilt, I question why. So, for example, 16-year-old daughter wants to have the boyfriend sleepover. <laughs> that day was always going to come. No. And then she tries to make me feel guilty. How? Everyone else is doing it? Yeah, exactly. You know, whatever, whatever. Like, it's not sleeping over in her room. No, this is him in the spare guest room. Um, but they were, you know, going to this, this birthday party and then they were going, getting up early to go to volleyball training, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then I had to look at it and I, I started feeling guilty about how I just instantly went no. And then I had to look at, well, what was the belief? Is it my belief? These are two children that are like 16 going on 16. They're not going to be jumping into each other's beds and having sex. They're so far from that. They're actually beautiful children that are having a really nice friendship between a boy and a girl and feel really good about each other. What's my belief? Was that your mother coming out? It was my mother, but it wasn't just my mother. It was also, well, what would everyone think? Yeah, what would people think? What would everyone think? And so I had to really look long and hard at that belief and go, actually, it's not my belief. If it was one of her girlfriends saying, can she sleep over, I wouldn't have batted a lid. She wouldn't have even asked. She would have just known the answer's yes. So I thought, well, that's not my belief. It's not really mm. who it is. So the guilt led me to question the moral or the values or the, um, my reasoning and look at, is this my belief? And guess what? It's actually not. Did you change your... Yeah, 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 he stayed over. Which, yeah. sounds, which sounds like it was purely practical if they had to go up early the next morning. And then I did. What's those... What's the, Here, let's get tech savvy. What's that funny... Is it a buzz thing? What is that that, that you do those dub smash? What? You don't know what a dub smash is. I'm not that... I'm oh too Amish for this. God, bet. What? Dub smashes are fun. I bet our listeners know what they are. They're little videos that you do, little short videos that you send to people, lip syncing, funny sayings, words... Songs, whatever. Who has the time? Oh, I do. I've got all the time in the world. <laughs> no, no, don't. no. This is just, you know, being silly on the weekend. Anyway, I did a dub smash to them both about, you know, you must not have sex because you'll, you'll get a disease and die. And they thought it was hilarious. So I just recorded that and then I sent it to them both. They're laughing. And so then I went in and I just said, you know, the reason that I said no is that this is something that's come down from generation after generation. It's society. We don't do this. You're all going to run off and have sex. Well, here's the, the, and then we led into a great conversation about sex and what conscious sex is and where, how do you enter at the times right, and we've talked about that on another podcast. So there is the gift from the guilt. Oh, that's beautiful. That's so there's mummy guilt for me. My mummy guilt is just every time my children shed a tear, constantly thinking I've emotionally fucked them up for the rest of their lives. Oh, no, well, with that one, I put $100 in the therapy jar and wait till they're 18 and they can go tell somebody that, you know, can say, yes, you had a bad mummy. Oh, my God. To inner child therapy but on them. This is why it's all about being hard on ourselves and it's all about ridiculous standards of perfectionism that really only exists in our own heads. And I get it. I get it. Um, anything else we want to say about well, this Well, I just think, you know, particularly with this lady's um, PM, um, is that, re- yeah, get the gift, which she would have got, 
and really look at the moments that she had with this dog of love and connection because watch instead of looking at the incredible wonderful times that she washed the dog that she took him for a walk that she cuddled up on her bed with him that she loved him so much and he or she the dog knew that celebrate those memories because your memories have become imbalanced and it's all been focused on the end instead of the journey yeah so look at you know that lovely poem the dash you know it's what happened you know born this date died that date but let's talk about the dash in the middle never heard that poem the dash okay we'll do a podcast on the dash It's beautiful. Okay. I accept my imperfections as a part of my authentic self. Thank you, as always, uh, for listening to us here on the couch on our, on Jane's nice big soft velvet couch. We have a little dog between us. For those who would like to know trivia trivia about Jane and I that you may not know, just about every recording we've ever done has had a small dog involved. <laughs> She breathes into the microphone. If you ever hear a weird noise, it is not me or Jane. Can we just clarify that now? Um, So if you have ideas for topics you want us to explore, questions, that kind of thing, PM us on Facebook, Jane. Or Snapchat us. No, no. That that arena is not happening. This is not not a teen radio station. Okay, go on. Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash love life show. Okay, of course you can always email us as well through the the old-fashioned normal contact template form on lovelifeshow.com where you'll also be able to find out how and where Jane and I coach and speak and sell products and all kinds of exciting and interesting things, which I know that I keep promising are coming, but they are coming. They're all coming. So until this time next week... Go a little bit easy on yourself on the guilt and shame front, but use them as doors or opportunities to deeper explore, understand, and forgive yourself. Life is perfect. I'm not trying. It's just happening. And it's a beautiful day.